Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Warrior Talk. This is Sean. Hey, and this is Matt. And um, we are coming the week of Thanksgiving. Pretty excited about it. Absolutely. It's one of the more underrated holidays of the year, I believe. I don't think anybody thinks it's underrated. No, 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 because this is how I know people look past Thanksgiving, because everyone is playing Christmas music and they're putting their decorations up before Thanksgiving even hits. So they're not. I don't feel like Thanksgiving gets its due. I don't think Thanksgiving is a is a decoration holiday though. You don't put turkey lights up outside. Well, yeah, but let's appreciate Thanksgiving first before we move on to Christmas. All right. So I have a weird thing which will totally out me as a white girl, but I <laughs> I love pumpkin spice lattes. And, and no, no, no. I won't drink them after Thanksgiving, but I won't drink any of the Christmas drinks until after Thanksgiving. So you have like these buffer zones of when you drink certain drinks. Right, but Christmas music's out the door, man. I've listened to it already. I know. I think we, I talked about this the other day with someone. I forget who it was, but there's a, the local radio station, 93.9. It's usually kind of you know throwback hip-hop, kind of gets you in the mood. And yep. then all of a sudden I turned it on one day, and it's completely transformed into the Christmas music station. Already. Already. Wow. And I was very upset, but... I've moved You're on. You're going to let it slide. Yeah, I'm, I've moved on. Okay. Well, we are full swing now into the winter season. Yes. Of athletics at Danville. The girls and boys swim team are practicing. Girls have had, uh, they've already had some matches. Yep. Girls basketball, we've already talked about them. And boys basketball is also in full swing. Let's just jump straight into boys basketball since that your, that's your gig. Yep. You guys had a scrimmage against Speedway last week. How did that go? It went pretty well. I mean, you could tell that our guys weren't in game shape. We didn't expect them to be. Uh, you could tell they were gassed by the end of the end of the scrimmage, which was to be expected. But you kind of want to see who who pushes through that and right. is still giving the effort, which we thought the effort was there. We saw some good things. Obviously, it's going to be sloppy. Uh, first, really, you know, you can only simulate so much in practice. So it was good to get you know new faces out there and. Some of these young guys, because the football team still wasn't back at the time. Uh, so a lot of these younger guys got some good experience uh, against a little higher competition. So it, it went well. Overall, cool. it went well. Very cool. I know you guys are off all this week, and then you, you get full-blown games two weeks from now. Yep. Uh, our game uh, Saturday against Greencastle got postponed, obviously, because of the success of the football team to next Tuesday. Uh, so we kick off with Greencastle, but then we follow up with the uh, Hendricks County um, like Hoop Fest mm-hmm. that one of our proud alumni, Scott Robinson, is putting together. Uh, we're hoping to maybe – I'm hoping to get a hold of Scott sometime. We might have okay. him on next week uh, to help promote it. And That'd be everything, great. Everything like that. And maybe his brother Lance, who's a good friend of mine, who's a coach up at Aurora, he'll be in town for that. So cool. look for that. But we have – for, uh, so all three games are home. So we got Greencastle Tuesday night. We got Mooresville Friday night, and then we play the defending three A state champion Crispus Attics uh, team on Saturday night. So wow. action packed. It's going to be a lot of fun. Even if you're not coming to watch Danville per se, it's going to there's going to be a whole lot of basketball going on next uh, the first and second of December. So yeah, I'm pretty sure they're also going to be honoring one of those nights, the uh, the rec league and the travel leagues, uh, the youth awesome. the youth leagues. Yes, you know my daughter plays uh, rec, and so I think we got we got the invite email today about that. So yeah, so, yeah you're it, right. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be three uh, three games uh, Friday night and five games on Saturday. So wow. a lot a lot of games being played. I mean, 
our girls team is going to be involved with it on uh, Friday mm-hmm. night, I believe. Uh, we got high-quality teams coming in for this. Brownsburg plays La Lumiere, which is a, a prep school up in LaPorte, Indiana. Wow. A lot. That's a big drive. Yeah, so... It, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad every, I'm glad Scotty's putting this together. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he thought of still highly enough of us to ask us to host it. Yeah, and it's it's just going to be awesome. It's just going to be a lot of fun. Check I have out. learned Danville actually isn't a bad place to host athletic events. I mean, no, the gym is awesome. The auxiliary gym, you know, having that right next yep. door is good. I mean, again, our field is amazing for all types of athletic events. So. And then our baseball field is just going is going under construction right now for yep. uh, a new surface there. I mean the tennis courts, uh, the softball field. I mean, yeah, we can we can do it all. It seems yeah. like so. Yeah. It, I'm I'm glad we're doing it. Great foresight from our athletic department and other uh, people like that. So awesome. Uh, also looking back at last week on November the 14th, the girls swim and dive had a match against. Uh, Greencastle in North Montgomery. Very cool. And they ended up tying North Montgomery, and they ended up beating Greencastle. Yeah. You know what? I I kind of follow swimming, and I I had some friends that were in swimming in high school as well, so I guess some of their matches. You don't see ties very often in swim, at least in my experience. So that was kind of odd to see, but... Glad to see they got off, got their season off to a good start. And then they turned back around on Thursday night, which is the same night that you guys had your scrimmage yep. against Edgewood and uh, came out victorious on that. So congrats, swim team. Uh, I think you and I will probably do a little bit more research on who's on that squad and right. um, just different things that we could be looking for. Uh, you know, if you've never been to a swim meet before, they are pretty fun. Uh, yeah, they can. Yeah, they can be. I mean... I mean, it's just like going to a track meet or anything like that. It's just in the water. You, Correct. You got, and what what's really cool is like when the swimmers are in the water, is like they 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 can't hear anything else. Like right. There's they're totally zoned in, and you know even the diving gets really fun to watch because it it's all about you know just precision and execution right. and stuff like that. So. It's yeah, and it's, they're more enjoyable than people would think. Right, because there's just a quick turnaround on different events, different yeah. athletes going in. Correct. Uh, also, last week, girls basketball had a game against Cardinal Ritter at Cardinal Ritter, and they were victorious in that. And then turned right back around on Friday night, hosts at Cascade, yep. and we're victorious on that. I believe I just saw a tweet that they are ranked number seven in the state. Yeah, cracking the top ten, so they're they're starting to get the due, you know, from the outside. We, I think everybody here knows how good they are and what they're capable of. So, and to have back to back games like that, it's not easy. You know, you can get up for that first game, the Thursday game against right. Ritter. You know, sectional opponent the last couple of years. It was a great game in the sectional last year. So there was kind of that going on. And then Cascade was kind of a revenge game. They lost to Cascade last year yep. over at Cascade. I was actually at that game last year. And being the second of a back-to-back, it's kind of easy to maybe let down or, right. you know, feel like your legs are dead, especially early in the season. So to get two wins like that against two quality opponents, it's really good. And you know, Ella Collier is kind of standing out as far as just the scoring part of it. I think she had 20-plus points in both those games. Yep. So it, it's I think they're starting to kind of bring it together as far mm-hmm. as who they are as a team, I think. And it's been fun to watch. I've been to a couple games so far, so it's good. 
So let's let's do this real quick. Um, let's just jump ahead tonight. We're we're recording this on Tuesday night. Uh, the boys' swim team uh, began their season against Owen Valley, along with the girls' swim team as well. Uh, we don't have a uh, we don't have an update for you on that, but that is going on currently as we speak. And then next Saturday on the 25th of uh, November, girls' basketball is away uh, at Crawfordsville. That's two uh, 12:30 p.m. and at two o'clock. Tip off for the varsity squad, um, you know, sec- or a conference game. Yep. Uh, always important. You got to take care of your conference opponents because, I mean, especially with Danville being ranked number seven, that's just a, that's just more bullseye for anybody yes. playing against them. You want to knock them off. Yeah, you you hit it right on the head with that. It, it's a target on your back. You know that you're going to get everybody's best game uh, when they see Danville. So it there's no letdowns. Uh, that's kind of the attitude you have to have, especially when you're a top 10 ranked team like that. It's like you're going to get everybody's best shot. It's a good way to keep the team focused. Right. So, like you said, opening conference game, very important. You know, that's probably just one of many goals they have. Right. But you got to get off to a good start. All right. So, uh I think the the match that everybody really has been thinking about since we last recorded, and we spent a lot of time talking about semi-state. Yep. Um, if you are, I don't know, living under a rock and have no idea, the boys, uh, their season is is over. Yep. They uh, they lost to Evansville Memorial, and what we both I think would say was an incredibly hard-fought match. Yes. Um, Danville literally was in in it. All the way up until the end of the game, yeah. um, you know, really the first half. I mean, Danville. You know, we don't want to do any of this armchair quarterbacking and shoulda, coulda, woulda. But after the first half, I mean, Danville. I think could have had fourteen points on them. Yeah, and and I think anybody on the team and anybody on the coaching staff will tell you the exact same thing. It's. It, I think it was kind of self-inflicted wounds. Uh, and don't get me wrong, the final score was twenty-eight to seven, but the final score is no indication of actually right. how close this game actually was. Like you said, it was it was nip and tuck basically all the way through the fourth quarter. Right. And for me, it came down to almost basically just a small handful of plays. Right. And, and it was all big plays. You know, the weather did play a part. And right. I think both teams, for the most part, you know, handled it all right. They handled it pretty well. There was just, you know, the one mistake early in the game. Or, I'm sorry, early in the second half. Correct. Uh, ball slipped out of uh, Highland's hands. Well, let's, before we even hit okay. that, I mean, you know, so first half was 0-0, and again, I'm pretty biased in thinking that Danville, I, they sh- they could have, they, they had opportunities yeah, to punch like said, it in. Yeah, they'll, they'll tell you the same thing. And so you come out of halftime, Evans Memorial, just, I mean, they just start with tons of energy, tons of momentum, and they, the guy, their running back, takes off for a massive, you know, touchdown run. Right. And, I mean, really, like, you were at the game. I was watching from home. I mean, what was the mood in the stadium after that touchdown? After the first one, it wasn't too bad, honestly, uh, because the offense had been marching in the first half. It, I mean, don't get me wrong. You want to score first. It's right. not just a mental thing. But you'd been marching down the field. You just weren't finishing. So, right. I mean, going into halftime, Danville had to feel okay because the defense was playing well. Right. Obviously, you held them to zero points. They weren't really moving the ball on you. Right. 
the offense was marching down the field, just not finishing. Something you can make slight adjustments to, and you know you, you should have felt good. But then when they scored that first touchdown, it's like okay, now kind of that okay, now we really need to finish, right? Right. So I, I the mood was okay, especially you know. Well, Danville's, they came back. Yes, Danville, Danville's next possession, or I think it was the second possession after that. Uh, they came down and scored. Ben Stevens, you know, broke. Broke some tackles, right? Got in the end zone, so we're feeling good. Correct. So now back to your play. I mean, I watched it um, again, having the luxury of watching it online. Had uh, multiple replays. I mean, it it was like it was a fluky. I don't think it could have happened twice in a row. Kind of play. Uh, Highland went back with the ball, bobbled it, and the guy without even stopping, not even breaking stride, just grabbed the ball and ran into the end zone. Yeah, I mean, and, and those plays happen. Again, it, in the second half, the wind picked up. If you were at the game, you, you there was a noticeable difference in the weather from the first half to the second half. If you were watching it online, there's a noticeable difference. Yeah, it, it, like the wind picked up, the temperature dropped probably five, six degrees, and, you know, it, the rain was coming down just a little bit harder. So you, you knew the weather was going to – play a factor and I was at the actually the other end of the field when that happened so we just kind of heard the roar a little bit right from the memorial fans so right. we, we didn't really understand what was happening we thought it might have been like a tip pass yep. or something like that but it happens yeah but you know Danville to their credit they came right back it felt like and they started trying to move the ball again right and, you know it's just it Take nothing away from Evansville Memorial. They they just made a few more plays than Danville right. did. So, you know, it, it's tough. It's a hard pill to swallow, especially if, if you're one of the players or on the coaching staff. Right. But saying that, it's like, I don't think they truly realize what they did for the community. Right. Uh, kind of putting Danville back up. It's like this is a team to look out for right. year in, year out. Um, you've set the bar really high again right. for the future players coming in. I mean, they they have nothing to be ashamed of. They should not hang their heads at all. No. Uh, and, you know, some of these guys are going to go on and play collegiate athletics, whether it be football or another sport. Right. You know, but they're – it's it's gonna be hard. It's it'll it'll take some time for them to get over that. But like I said, they were awesome. And they it, were so much fun to watch. Yeah, I I would agree with you. Um, you know, they they definitely earned everything that they yep. had all season long. I thought I think Casey would be uh, proud of them. Uh, I mean, we know he's proud of them in that regard. And I mean. Literally, I mean, nothing came easily. I mean, even no. the blowouts. Like, you know that that didn't happen uh, on a whim, but that happened all week long in practice because they came in with a focus and with an attitude to, you know, accomplish the things. And, I'm, yeah, I mean, we're definitely proud of them. It's been a great run for us uh, covering them, looking forward to, I mean, I'm looking forward to next season already. Yeah. And looking at uh, Skinner and Schubert, you know, like what are these two guys going to be able to do after the success that they had? And they both look pretty good, you know, again. Yeah, those game. guys are are going to probably lead the charge next year, and they should because they impress the heck out of me as, yep. uh, as underclassmen. Right. Um, Broderick comes back next year. uh I think three of the five offensive linemen will be back next year. I mean, it's 
this isn't a you know kind of rebuild. It's reload. Correct. It's, it's next guy up. You hear that a bunch in professional sports. Next man up. It, it's truly that. It's the next guy's going to come in. They're going to be ready to roll. And you know, Danville's going to be there once again. Yep. So great season, Danville. Yep. Unbelievable season. I mean, you had. I was down there with a bunch of uh, Danville alumni. You know, football players from the 2002 team. And they couldn't talk highly enough about about the team. Right. And two, the 2002 team was a state, you know, caliber team. Mm-hmm. So to hear those guys talk highly about them is is you've you've done something right. Correct. Trust me. Very cool. Well, uh, again, thank you, Danville football team, Coach Casey Woods, for, you know, we appreciated the interview that we got earlier in the season and uh, really did enjoy covering you and following you and looking forward to uh, just hearing about their off-season workouts and what you guys are going to do going forward. Um, Let's kind of, you know, we've kind of, we've had some guests, you know, host in with us. Uh, not not a, not a time for us, you and me, just to kind of talk about the uh, national spotlight. You know, the, one of the stories that really stuck out to me this past weekend was uh, Heisman Trophy uh, front runner Baker Mayfield uh, had a had a meaningless game. I mean, it, you know, it's not meaningless, but you know that Oklahoma should just come in and and destroy Kansas, and uh, he really got his feathers ruffled in the very beginning of the game before the, before the kickoff. Uh, the, the guys did not shake hands with him. <laughs> like, and I don't know how common, like, before the game of shaking hands is, at least at the collegiate football right. level is. But I get, I don't know. Like, are we talking, like, out in the captain's meeting? Yes. Okay. Yes, out of the captain's meeting. Oh, okay. Th- that's a little different because that that is one of those things. It's like... If it was purposeful, you it know, was, it, uh, the, obviously the Kansas it was, players said it was purposeful. They said that you know they were doing it on purpose because they wanted an edge. They wanted to get fired up. They wanted to, you know, come out and obviously it got worked forty-one to three. So that didn't really help them at all. Uh, but but the issue with Baker is you know Heisman Trophy front runner. Right. So he's got the national spotlight going on. Um, so he gets caught. Yelling "f you!" Oh and, yeah, and and repeatedly. <laughs> right. I mean, it wasn't just one time. Right, and he, he has he has some gestures in it, and what happens? And he did this with Ohio State, you know, putting the the flag in the middle. That, again, as a Buckeye fan, that did not bother me. Ohio State. No, that doesn't bother me. Even as just an you know, he's outsider. forced to, he's forced to apologize. Uh, he he has to come out again and apologize about. Uh, legacy and and you know affect affecting the kids that are watching this and the parents that are saying like you know you can look up to this guy. So let me ask you this question. I mean, what standards should we be setting on athletes for college athletes? I really don't think it should be that high because these are at most what, 22-year-old kids? At 20, the oldest, right? You know, 18 to 22-year-old kids, maybe right. 23, redshirt, all that stuff. But think about what you were doing when you were an 18 to 23-year-old kid. Right. You know, in college, lots of freedom. And now imagine if you were playing athletics. Like, what would your demeanor be like? I mean, 
it's still com- it's competition at its highest level. Right. And I for college kids to be held to don't get me wrong, there should be some kind of standard. But when a 20 so Baker Mayfield we'll just call him 21. So when okay. a 21 year old kid comes out and starts doing that, yeah, we're disappointed, but are, but should we be surprised? You know, and, and I don't necessarily want to open a big can of worms, but it's there's a sense that that's his job, right? I mean, yes. he, he he is playing a game for a free college education. You know, we're assuming he's a full ride college right. scholarship player. Um, there there should be a level of expectation. You know, you as a 21 year old, if you were working, and you perform like that in your business, you would probably be fired. More than likely, yes. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. so is it fair that he keep? I mean, you know, his suspension, he'll, he'll, he'll be set out for a play. Yeah. And then sent back in. Um, but I don't know. I mean, do you feel like these guys deserve chance after chance after chance? I'm all about giving kids chances, but at the same time, that level of expectation you're talking about has to be set forth by the coaching staff, the university, yep. and everything like that. And then it, and I know this isn't the way it is, but every player has to be held to that standard. So if this was, you know, the backup punter right. doing this. He'd probably be suspended for multiple games. Or kicked off the team. Or kicked off the team. Or, you know, something, you know, relatively high. Right. But it's Baker Mayfield, your starting quarterback, who could possibly right. get you into the playoff. Heisman or, or, winner. Right, you sit him down for a game, he loses the Heisman. I mean, it's gone. Yeah, and and that's that's I guess that's the problem I have because he will not be held to the same standard as any other player on that team. I believe. No, I would agree with you. And so I guess that's where my my problem lies. Okay, he made a mistake. Point out his mistake. Let him know what he needs to do to fix it. Mm-hmm. But you still have to punish him. Yeah. Fairly. Fairly, I agree with that. So uh, I don't know. I guess that's where I guess my issue comes. I, I guess we has there been an issue uh, the punishment set down yet? Well, the, he he's suspended for a portion of the West Virginia game. They did not come out and say what what that would be. I mean, here here's the other hard part about it is he just got caught. Yeah, you're right. I mean, how many guys you know use language like that on the on field? The field yeah. You know, like you get them in a the scrum. I mean, who knows what kind of what kind of taunting is going on in there? So I mean, the taunting that he was doing was nothing unnormal, right? And I guess from my playing experience, like if someone ever ever do that to me, like refuse to shake my hand or just something, try to get under my skin, right. I would just kind of laugh, right, about it, and then I just go out on the field and beat you, right? Like like he did, but he just he he took it to that next level where he didn't have to, like right. He has to be smart enough to realize, like, they're not – this This is stupid. Well, you, you figure also – I mean, and maybe the punishment for him is not necessarily going to ever be found on the field in college play. Right. But he has now raised questions in NFL owners, execs, right. GMs, you know what I mean? And, and they are going to constantly be thinking about this. I, You know, we, we were talking about before we started uh, recording – 
you know, but he's been he's been now compared on radio and in this, you know, on ESPN radio as is he like Johnny Manziel? Which is the worst? I mean, yeah, that it could be bogus. Yeah, but it's the worst comparison. possible comparison. You're right because Johnny is totally nuts and just did not care. I don't think that Baker is that way. No, I don't think he's to that extent. But I can understand the comparison. Yeah, because of his on-field antics. Now he hasn't been nearly, you know, correct. High profile off the field, correct. So there, there's that difference. But uh, man, I just lost my train of thought. But yeah, I don't. It's uh, I don't know. It's very so weird. So let me ask you this: same topic. We're we're uh, I think we just passed the anniversary of the uh, Pacers Pistons. Yes, Malice at the Palace. I mean, what what do those guys get? Like, how many chances does Ron Artest get? <sighs> he got a lot, actually. But as his career went on after that incident, you you could tell, like, he was... He wasn't all there. Right. You know, he changed his name to Meta World Peace. Right. I mean, I... It is what it is. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think... Steven Jackson's... Career wasn't the same after that. Right. Uh, Jermaine O'Neal's was okay. Right. You know, that was at the tail end of Reggie Miller's career. He was hurt at the time. Right. So, I mean, it's just, it's one of those, like, professional athletes, when something like that happens to them, their career, that, I mean, that is their job. Their career goes down, and that's how they pay for it. It's like, is this guy worth signing? Is he really going to be, is he going to be more of a hindrance than he is a help? And, like, they're not going to get as much money. Now, granted, they make a lot of money. I get that. Right. But they're not, like, so comparatively. Think, so do you think that, I mean, the media probably blows things way more out of proportion? Uh, and if they would just kind of let things ride the way that they are, that all of these situations would kind of work themselves out? I do believe these situations do work, work themselves out because – but – Okay, like we said, pro scouts are going to see what happened to him. They're going to have those questions. They're going to interview him, you know, during the combine or this pro day and stuff like right. that. And it's now he's going to tell them what they want to hear. Correct. And it's just, it, and these scouts are good enough. They know right. who's right. lying to him and who's actually being genuine and stuff like that. So right. I I think they do work themselves out because he he he's if nothing else he may just hurt his career. Whether it's where he gets drafted, yeah. how much that first contract's going to be for, yeah. or just stuff like that. How does this translate then, you know, because our kind of expertise is high school sports. Right. Um, so when high school athletes see Baker Mayfield types uh, get slapped on the hand, you know, not not just like, you know, punished like severely. And, and I don't even know. Honestly, what a, what a a, a, a proper of, yeah a proper punishment should be. I mean, I feel like the apology in front of the media is pretty severe, in my opinion. Yeah, because you'd be embarrassed, right? So, uh, I mean, I think about Grayson Allen and you know just his yes. repetitive uh, issues, and um, you know Coach K. I love him, but. You know, really kind of... You think he dropped the ball on yeah, Grayson Allen I think bit? he did. I, I think he did from... 
because you and I are high school coaches, I, I would not let something like that slide on my team. No, and that's where the adults have to be adults. You know, these they're kids. Whether that it's you know a matter of ignorance where they just don't know better, right? Or they think it's okay to do these things, right? Like the adults have to be the adults. Like they have to let them know this is unacceptable behavior. This this will not be tolerated. And and I think that's what hurts us is when this is a continual slide yes. in college, and you have high school athletes that obviously aspire to collegiate athletics and they see that these guys constantly get away with it i think that they create in themselves this idea that we should be able to do whatever it is no, that we want to do you're right because it's just not you know behavior like that too it's play on the court like it trickles down like right. i see a bunch of kids you know and this is getting very this is a very specific instance but you and I watched some March Madness games last year. Right. And we, we got all these close games, these first or second round games, really right. close, you know, two points, one point. Right. And guys come down and just pull up and shoot a three. Right. They're learning that from the NBA because Steph Curry does it now. That, right. Like, right. And then it trickles down to high school. It's like fast break, pull up three. It's like, no, you guys, you guys aren't going to. But – the attitude part of it can be the same thing. Like they, whether it's on the court, off the court, Correct. it trickles down. Correct. Every part of the game trickles down. Correct. So whether an athlete wants to be a role model or not, they are. Correct. Whether they want to be or not, it's just as high school athletes, we have to kind of sift through, or sorry, high school coaches, we have to sift through what, what is acceptable, what isn't, what's kind of fun, and right. what, like, no. Because the reality is, uh, my daughter, who's six years old, comes to those games. Yes. And she watches. Yep. You know, as she gets older, I mean, we're just going to the scrimmage with her. She was way more focused in that than she was the whole previous year. And so, which is cool, man. Like, I'm super, like, it excites me as a dad getting that opportunity. Um, but she's watching. Yeah. And... I have friends with, you know, kids that are, you know, second, third, fourth grade, and, you know, they're starting to play basketball now, and I I want those kids to be able to look at my freshman JV varsity players and be able to take something positive away from what they're doing. Right. Whether it's the play or, you know, whether they're helping them in camp, they're being really, you know, positive with them and right. helping them develop as basketball players. Like, I want them to look at them in high esteem. Correct. And hopefully that trickles down to them. Like, and that's what I tell my guys. It's like, you guys don't just, you represent yourself. Right. You represent the school. You represent your family. You represent the coaching staff. You right. represent a lot more than just you. Right. right. So there's a lot of people looking at you. I think what's hard is. You know, we talk about this Baker Mayfield, and then it leads us down, you know, this kind of rabbit trail of just negativity. And I think we also want to do our best job of highlighting the positives. Yes. You know, and that there are actually amazing things going on. Um, you know, I think everybody loves on ESPN, you know, when you get the uh, the videos of a football team uh, knowing that there's a, a special athlete on the field that typically would not be on the field and, and they kind of clear the path and both uh, teams are excited about that player getting a touchdown. You know what I mean? So, like, 
you know, as much as it's easy to find the bakers, and, and he could very well be a great guy, and he just gets highlighted on these yeah. horrible things. Um, you know, I think we also, uh, as podcasters and, and the media, needs to do a better job of constantly finding these positive stories yes, about totally athletes agree. and what they're doing, you know, and I think that's something that you and I would love to do even with our high school athletes at Danville. You know, yep. I think last year we had a player um, against TriWest in soccer. Uh, two guys, it was a JV match, two guys ran into each other, and the Danville guy got up first, put a hand down, then helped the TriWest kid up. Yeah, it's and it's small things like that that just build and build and build. Right. It's like... It's okay. Yes. Right. It's okay to be competitive. It's okay, but have respect for your opponent. Right. Uh, and, and stuff like that. I, I totally agree with you there. Cool, man. Well, thank you for that awesome little conversation. So 35 years ago, on November the 20th, there was a, uh, a football game that was between uh, the Cow Bears and the Stanford Cardinals. And uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Cal... Uh, is losing. Stanford kicks the ball off, and uh, Cal begins doing all of these crazy uh, behind laterals, and and it looks like a Cal player is tackled. The ball pops out, another Cal player gets it, but in that process, the band for Stanford comes it's onto on the, the field. field and is celebrating while Cal is still returning this kickoff. Cal scores a touchdown and wins. It's one of the most unbelievable things I've ever, you know, watched, obviously on film. Right. But it's just like, I I don't even want to begin to try to explain what happened during, no. during all that. It's like, what were they thinking? And then some poor band member gets Get absolutely gets trucked by that football player. you've not seen it, you need to watch it. It's, it's so unbelievable. And it's not the only time something like that has happened, like... Last play of the game, everybody thinks, you know, the home team's ahead. Right. And people start rushing the field right. during a game, and, you know, they score a touchdown. Like, just right. stuff like that. Like, how does this happen? But it's that's so that, what makes sports great. So that makes me want to ask you or us this question. What is the most shocking loss you have ever seen? That I've ever seen. The one that kind of popped in my head when we were talking about this earlier was 2002 NCAA tournament. Mm. I think it was a sweet 16 game. I believe so. And it was my Hoosiers against your Duke blue devils. Yes. And IU was pretty good that year. That's the first year without coach Knight. Yes. Correct? That was my coach Davis's first year with the team. And Duke was, I think a, I won't say runaway, obviously, but they were like a prohibitive favorite to win the national title that year. So I'm, I just pulled up their roster. I mean, they're starting five potentially: uh, Jason Williams, JJ Redick, Carlos Boozer, Sheldon Williams. Yeah. So I mean, unbelievable. Th- that's the kind of team we're talking about here, and I can probably name a, a lot of the players from the Hoosiers that year. Like it was. Uh, Jared Jeffries, George Leach, Kyle Hornsby, Tom Coverdale, Dane Fife. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing a couple other guys. Oh, Jeffrey Newton, I think, was one. Like, I, I remember them, and they were shooters, but A.J. Moye was on that team. Mm-hmm. I forgot. That's my guy. Because he had the play of the game when he came out of nowhere, came from the weak side, and just absolutely stuffed 
Carlos Boozer up at the rim. Got a jump ball, and he, he was so hyped. A.J. Moye is one of my favorite Hoosiers to come through. Yeah. But he was so unbelievably hyped. But IU had no business winning that game. Yeah. None. They, they beat him by one point in that game. Yeah. Oh. And it was one of the craziest ending, endings to a game that I can ever remember. IU up three. Sorry. No, no, no. Up four. They're up three or four. I can't remember now. Oh, they were up four. Uh, Jay Williams, Jason Williams, shoots a three from the top of the key. Dane Fife decides to foul him on a three. <laughs> makes it. Makes the three. So going to the line to tie it. So they were up four at the time. Right. Jason Williams misses the free throw. This is with like three and a half seconds left. Uh-huh. Misses the free throw. Jared Jeffries decides not to block out Carlos Boozer. Carlos Boozer gets the offensive rebound, puts it back, misses, and then the ball's tipped around for a little bit, and then the game ends. It's like, yeah, uh, it gave I, me a heart. I was a freshman in high school. I was by myself at home watching that game, and I was running laps around my house <laughs> after the win. Like I was one of the few IU, diehard IU fans of my friend group, so... So that so that's interesting. You you took a different angle on that when, than what I originally was thinking about. Uh, the most shocking loss uh, two come to mind. Uh, we'll agree on the second one, but the first one was, uh, gosh, it had to be two thousand four or five. The Bengals finally made the playoffs after uh, that would have been like fifteen years of not making it. And they look good. Uh, I mean, Ocho Cinco at that point was uh, one of the top receivers in the game. Carson Palmer was one of the best quarterbacks in the game at the time. And the first offensive play for the Bengals, a stupid, stupid Steelers player comes through who actually was, I think, Carson Palmer's roommate in college, came through the line and uh, just destroyed his knee. And and then... uh, was that Paul Amalu? Was it Troy? No, it was a lineman. Oh. And, uh, and, and, I mean, any kind of momentum that we had going into that was lost. And, uh, and I don't know if that was necessarily a shocking loss And when you kind of look back at recent Bengal playoff history. But uh, for me, just believing, like, wow, like it is finally here and it's upon us. Um, but the second most shocking loss is also another Cincinnati team, the Cincinnati Reds. Finally made the playoffs again after a long, long hiatus. They were playing against the Philadelphia Phillies, and you know the story. What happened? So Roy Doc Halliday was on the mound, who just recently passed away in a tragic uh, plane plane accident. But he was on the mound. He had been dominant all year. We knew it was going to be a, a, a tough game right. as it was, and... The Reds got no hit. No hit in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Like, it was just, it was so demoralizing. Correct. Just, I, I remember where I was, I was, at the time I was hosting trivia shows and I was at a bar in South Park, Southport doing that and I was just watching the game back and forth, back and forth and just... Came, just so awful. It was, it was bad. It was so bad. I didn't, I didn't even know what to think. So we're curious if you're listening, uh, share with us when you... Listen on Twitter or off of Facebook. Uh, just share share your most shocking loss that you have ever witnessed. Um, you could take a positive outlook like Matt did on the uh, Hoosiers beating the Blue Devils, or uh, you know, kind of where I was sitting. Kind of in that same 
same token, like just from the positive standpoint, yeah. This was two years ago. This is at the high school level. So I feel like at the professional level, shocking losses are harder to really get because they are they're professional athletes. I think and kind shocking of, has to do more with the type of loss. I mean, like the no hit, right? In that's the playoffs, fair. in right. the playoffs. I mean, like these are two top teams. That is unbelievable. And I think I've talked about this game before on the pod, and it was. We, we went up to McCutcheon. We had just come off a devastating loss to Tri-West the night before. We're going up to number one ranked in 4A McCutcheon yeah. at their place. Our drive, you know, second game of a back-to-back, and two of our starters are out, one sick, one injured. And the first quarter ends, and we were ahead. I was like, okay, all right. Halftime. We're still ahead. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Third quarter. I think we're up maybe a point. Yeah. It's like we're actually in this. We're in. We're like we have a chance to beat these guys. We played out of our minds. Yeah. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter it got kind of iffy. I think they ended up going up like maybe three or four points, and our guys did not crack a, yeah. a bit. And it got down. We were down one. I think it was. And Alec Burton just found Jake Elliott in the corner against their zone, and he just knocked it down. And it was just like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, like, because the expectations going into the game were like, okay, we're going to be in here. Let's just be competitive. Let's make sure these guys are executing, and, you know, let's see what happens. And then, like I said, as each quarter just went by, it's right. like, wow. I, I love basketball. I love basketball season. I don't think that there is a sport like basketball, like you were just kind of saying, cracking under the pressure. I mean, like, I, I just don't think that there's another sport like it where so much is on the ebb and flow of the game, and what are you able to do mentally – from any sort of adversity going forward, right? Right. Would you agree with me? Um, I would, because basketball is so back and forth and, you know, it's constant. Yeah. I, I would probably agree with you on, on that point a little bit. Like, your mental, like, aptitude has to be at its highest because it's constant. Like, there's no, right. there's no rest. There's no That's downtime. That's right. right. But... <laughs> Being a golfer, okay, that's fair. fair. But you know what? You see what I'm going for, though. That's fair. That's fair. Like, and you know, a kicker in the NFL, like you got, yeah, you literally have one job to do. Yeah. (laughs) So no, that's fair. I think golf. I would like to have a whole golf episode someday. In. Uh, we probably should save that for next spring. Yes. Just gearing up for Augusta. Yeah, gearing up for Augusta. I've got a friend. I think that would be a great uh, jump in for that. But you're right, golf. And we have seen professionals just absolutely melt completely. Oh, it's unbelievable! And it may, as as bad as this may be to say, it it makes me feel better, right? Because I know professionals can do it. Correct. Like, I love when a professional golfer shanks a shot because, like, oh, you're human. You right. Can, you can do it. It, it humbles them, and right. it makes you like, okay, they do it too, just like me. They just don't do it as often. But so. Correct. 
But so, so speaking of basketball, we can uh, we can kind of wrap up with this this last topic. Uh, so Lonzo Ball is uh, a rookie <laughs> for the Lakers, uh, highly touted out of UCLA. Uh, if you don't under or if you just don't know about the NBA, I mean, this is a guy that literally everybody is watching yes, because magnifying glass because one his father and we've talked about his father Lavar earlier in the pod uh, talking about his uh, one of his younger sons having a shoe deal in high school but um, so Lonzo is playing with the Lakers against do you have any I don't remember who it was it looked like the Raptors but I don't think it we'll just was. call it we'll call it the Raptors so they're playing against the Raptors. A scuffle happens on the uh, sideline where everybody's kind of getting involved, both sides, both teams, everybody on the teams. And then you have the shot of Lonzo walking away, turns back, sees what's going on, and continues going towards the bench. (laughs) Let me, I I mean, you and I have not talked about this yet. So what's your take? Okay, so I will preface it with... When Lonzo was asked about it, he said, I look back, I saw that there was something going on. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew nothing was going to happen. It's the NBA, so I wasn't going to get a technical. That said, he's not wrong. Yeah. Okay? He's not wrong. But this is, to me, this is, if I'm one of his teammates... I am livid. Especially if you're one of those guys on the bench. Because those guys that leave the bench, they get suspended. They're not allowed on the floor. There's probably four or five, maybe every single one of those guys on the bench that wanted to be over there. Right. And then one of the guys that can be over there is walking away from it. Like, this is a team... These are guys you're going to spend 82 games with. Right. And, like, it's basically a family... It's a basketball family, and you're walking away from basically a fight. Like, nah, I'm good. You guys take care of it. To me, this is totally... uh, This breaks so many codes, unwritten (laughs) rule type stuff. Right. It's unreal for me. You know, I I, I don't really know where I land on this because we kind of go back to the Baker Mayfield conversation and say, he's a role model. What did he just set as a model? Turn the other cheek. I, I and and you don't know, literally. right? I mean, yeah. I mean, he literally did do that. But I mean, to me, I can see the point of frustration if you are anybody on that team that is like, do you are you going to have my back? Because that's just an easy way of showing that you are there and that you have... And you don't even have to get in involved in the scuffle, even if it's just trying to pull your guys back to make sure nothing stupid happens. Correct. Like, you can be that guy. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, like, you don't have to be in someone else's face on the other team, like, instigating or, you know, going on about it. You can pull your guys back and still be just as involved and know, like, hey, I'm, I'm here if something does go down. Right. But it's like he wanted no part of that whatsoever. That's hard. It's uh, you feel bad for the Lakers organization. You don't really feel bad for the Lakers organization, but you go like a year ago, D'Angelo Russell and uh, Swaggy P, you know, having their little uh, teammate malfunction, and now you have Lonzo Ball doing the same thing. You know, Luke Walton, come on, man, what are you doing? I don't know. 
Yeah, it's it, to me, it's it's not a good look. And let's be honest here. Perception is often reality. Yeah. Especially in professional sports. Yeah. So the perception right now is Lonzo Ball is a wimp. Well, I think the perception is Lonzo Ball is only after number one. Yeah. Always. Yes. And that's probably the issue is you you just you sold everybody out by just caring about yourself because you didn't want a technical. Right. A technical. And, and you know what? If they're I don't th- that is a very young team. Right. I don't know if they have like that that veteran guy and honestly probably the head coach Luke Walton is the guy that needs to talk to Lonzo about this be like, "Look, man, like you you can't do that." Like even if you just stand behind him and do nothing, you can't walk away from something like that. Well, nobody knows what you know what happened in the locker room. I'm right. looking at the at the uh, at the roster right now. I mean, Caldwell Pope looks like maybe the oldest Andrew Bogut, but I mean, I don't see him being a great leader. Brooke Lopez. So maybe. you're right. It is a super young team. It the stars are all young. They don't have the credibility that, uh, you know, as much as I despise LeBron, you know what I mean? LeBron, I can't imagine him walking away. No. I can't imagine him throwing a punch. No. I see him doing what you said, grabbing guys. Let's come on. Let's come on. Let's come on. Let's get out of here. So, yeah. It's, it, to me, it's just a lack of, I don't want to say loyalty, but it's like, Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. Just, uh, I don't know. And, you know, because it's a young team and they see Lonzo do that, some of those guys are going to hold that against him. Right. As teammates. It's like, no, this guy doesn't have mine. So the next so the next time Lonzo gets into a scuffle, right? who knows? Right. No one may come to his aid. Right. So it, it could come back to bite him. I don't think it will. No. But no, I no, I don't think so. But. but like I said, what Lonzo said, he wasn't wrong. Nothing was going to happen. No one was going to throw a punch. Right. So then, why not put some skin in the game? Yeah, just take a risk. Yeah, just go get put be yourself, a teammate. Put, be a put, teammate. Put yourself out there. Yep. Awesome, man. Well, you're a great teammate. I like to think so. Uh, I think you are. So I'm glad. I'm glad that we had a little a little one on one time today. It was good. Just catching back up talking with you we appreciate everybody listening and and everybody's feedback and constantly just letting us know uh that you're there and and uh you like what's going on we we did talk about just that most like just the shocking loss so if you have a story like that that you've seen or you witness uh part of yeah throw a youtube video up if you've got it uh we would love i mean golly think about the knicks and reggie miller oh yeah um well think about the auburn auburn alabama game not too far back when the missed field goal return it's like i was cleaning up a lot of flu that day Mm. it was not a fun day I remember where I was when I heard that Appalachian State beat Michigan in the big house. Wow. I was in, actually, Cincinnati watching high school football at the time, and they came over the loudspeaker and said App State had beat Michigan. Well, well, of course. It's like... And everybody cheered. Yeah, it was unbelievable. So, you know, stuff like that. You know, I've witnessed a lot of uh, shocking losses as a Buckeye fan to that team, and, you know, a lot of people are telling me, oh, it's going to be a blowout, but to me, it's like... I have zero, 
uh, what's the word? Confidence until the clock ticks zero, and then the Buckeyes have the win. That is a true fan right there. No fan should have. Although I did go to bed early when the Eagles were up like 34 yeah. to 9 the other night on the Cowboys. So. I mean, I don't know. Can I get you on record on what your prediction is for the Eagles the rest of the season? Uh, home field advantage throughout. Um, what team in the NFC? I'll bail you out of my own question. Okay. What team in the NFC scares you the most? Scares me the most. Uh, I would say probably the Seahawks. Still. The Seahawks. Yes. Really. Yes. Because. Where are they at? They are currently in the wild card, I believe. Okay. Russell Wilson scares me. He does. I like everybody else. So right now it's the Vikings, Saints, Rams, mm-hmm. Eagles, Seahawks, and I think Falcons. Falcons. Okay, so so it's changed a little bit since the other night. So we have the Eagles, Vikings, Saints, Rams, Panthers, Panthers, Falcons. Okay. And the Seahawks, the Lions, and the boys are in the hunt. Okay, assuming let's just assume the Seahawks okay, win, I'll get in. I'll give you that. They scare me the most. No one else does because... Without Richard Sherman? Even without Richard Sherman, like... You're just they, going solely off of Russell Wilson. I don't... He is the, probably one of the smartest and most... Like, the best combination of athleticism and kind of headiness of all the NFC teams. So right now, they scare me the most, followed by probably the Saints. The Saints would make me the most nervous. I think defensively, the Eagles are so good up front right now. Fletcher Cox is an absolute beast. Mm -hmm. They can get enough pressure. And Drew Brees isn't going to – he's not going to get away from anybody. Correct. So that – I'm not worried as much. But they're probably second on the list. I would probably say the Falcons are the third. I mean, what would be interesting is if the Falcons or the Seahawks can make it, we'll say number six, I mean, they could potentially be facing the Rams, which would be a divisional opponent. Yep. And you got to think the young Rams in the playoffs kind of yeah. exceeding That's why they don't scare me as much, just because of you know the youth and inexperience. Uh, they're right. the two seed right now. Is that Rams are four. Rams are four. Vikings are two. Vikings are two. Vikings defense, very tough. Case Keenum, as good as he's played this year, I'll, I'll see it when I believe it type, you know, wait, get yeah. into the playoffs. I, I, but you got to realize, I'm, on, I'm in the same boat with Carson Wentz. Right. He hasn't played in a playoff game. A lot of these guys probably haven't played right. in a playoff game. So no, I'm with you. I'm with you. So I, I'm most intrigued this uh, on Thanksgiving – uh, with the with the Vikings Lions, I think that would be, be a great game. Yes, it will. Um, just to kind of see, you know, I've not spent much time with the Vikings to know who they are and what they can do. So, anyways, man, we could keep talking on and on and on, getting into the NFL. Uh, you eating any canned cranberries? I'm not a cranberry guy. I still can't believe Crevice said he likes canned. Cranberries. Hey, if that's what you grew up on, man, I'm not gonna, not gonna blame him. Well, I hope he listens to it, and I hope he comes at me, because <laughs> canned cranberries are gross. 
All right, guys. We love you. Thank you. And have a very, very happy Thanksgiving. Peace. Peace.